This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Hey, go with me uh, to John uh, chapter 1. John 1. And uh, I am going to start. You take this, Jeff. Hey, hey. We're going to start a little series uh, today um, on identity. Um, reading a great book right now uh, by Bill Johnson talking about the goodness of God, uh, highly suggest buying the book, reading the book, downloading it, listening to it. Uh, incredible, incredible book. And um, was feeling this before the book, and then I got the book and just kind of confirmed some things just about identity and just our identity as believers, uh, number one, but our identity as people, uh, number two, our identity in, in the earth and how the enemy works so hard to uh, rob, steal, and cheat us from understanding who we are in Christ Jesus. When you become who you are in Christ Jesus, you will do exploits for the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? When you understand, when you have a real, true identity in who Christ Jesus is, you will do great things beyond anything you could ever hope, dream, or imagine in the kingdom of God. So, we started taking a look at that. All right, verse 19, John chapter 1, verse 19. says this. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests uh, to, in a temple assistance to Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? Who are you? They wanted to know who is John the Baptist. Where did he come from? Verse 20. Came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. He wanted people to understand, I am not Jesus, I am not the Messiah, I'm just the one that's starting this whole journey. Verse 21, well then, who are you, they asked. Are you Elisha? No, he replied. Are you a prophet, one that we're expecting? No, he replied. Then who are you? We need answers for those who have sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah said, I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness, clearing the way of the coming of the Lord. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, if you're not the Messiah and you're not Elisha and you're not a prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told him, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not Recognize he's referring to Jesus being in the crowd with him at that time. Verse 27, though his ministry follows mine, I'm not worthy of being his slave or even uniting his straps of his sandals. One of the greatest questions that you're going to ask yourself, I really believe over and over again through the journey of life, is this question about identity, figuring out who am I in this life at this point of my life and in this season of my life. 
Isn't it amazing how you can feel like you maybe have a grasp of who you are in your late 20s, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, like in a month, I'm turning 39. And then I'm like, oh, wow, 40 is like right there. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, I come to this realization that like, I'm not that 24-year-old youth pastor I was before. And I miss him sometimes. He was wild and crazy, you know what I mean? Half of you probably wouldn't even come to this church, to be honest with you. We figure things out for a moment, but it's funny how just so quickly we can go from figuring things out to this place where we're always constantly wrestling with this question of, who am I? What is my identity? Who am I in Christ Jesus? I'll never forget... Uh, eighth grade, there was a girl named Faith, and I really, really loved Faith. And, and Faith had blonde hair, and she had blue eyes, and she was tan, and I just thought, Faith is my wife. Anybody remember that, like, back in the day, like, seventh, eighth grade, like, you were in love with somebody? And I remember I had this, like, like this journey through the course of the year, and I just came to this place where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to profess my love to faith. You know, it's like the last week of school, you know, I'm going to go into the summer of the bang, I'm going to get a telephone number when you actually had to, like, make calls back then, you know. And, and I remember I went into, uh, I think it was like third period or whatever, we had this art class, and I went up to faith, you know, like strutting and being as cool as I possibly could. And I was like, I was just like faith. You know what I mean? And then, and then I was just like, I had, I, I, I think I just, like, my brain fell out of my head. You know what I mean? And I was like, I really like you, you know? And, and all I remember is that in a moment, she was like, she, this is what she said. She's like, yeah, right. And I was like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, everybody, at that moment, like, every eye in the classroom is on you. And you know, like, word's going to spread, like, in a heartbeat, you know? And your whole identity, it's the first time in my life, really, probably the very first time that I really, truly felt rejection. That feeling of, like, wow, like, you don't like me. And I really like you. And you don't want to have anything to do with me. It was probably the first time in my life, too, that I started to question, like, who am I? And, and will other people like me? Will other people accept me? And the enemy is so good in all of our lives, at some point in time, really probably at a young age, where we started to question who we are. We started to have moments where we'd look in the mirror and go, does other people like me the way that I like myself? Or will people accept me for who I am? I mean, like, I was just, like, I was, like, this tall in eighth grade, okay? And, you know, like, I put on a little chunky, you know, since eighth grade, you know. But then, back then, I was probably, like, a buck 35, you know. And, I mean, just super, super skinny, you know what I mean? Like, like puberty came late for me in life, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it just took me a long time to, like, kind of pull life together. And... It's amazing how life has this ability to tell us two things in life, who we're not and who they perceive we are, right? Life's really good at this. Like, life's really good at telling me stuff like this, like this, that I'm not the funny guy, okay? I've never really truly been the funny guy, okay? I'm going to show you a picture. This is, um, this is my brother, Nate, okay? 
my brother Nate is just the funny guy, okay? I mean, he just grew up funny. He's like, he's like a miniature Chris Farley, okay? You know, just super funny all the time, make you laugh. It's just great. Play that video for me, okay? Real quick. Haters gonna hate. Okay, so every Friday, I mean, literally for like four years now, yeah, play the, no, play it again, play it again. Every Friday for like four years now, my brother will post this on Instagram and Facebook, like every single Friday. And every Friday I see it, I'm just like, wow, that's just funny. You know what I mean? Like, that's just great. Haters are going to hate. You know, there's this kid, he's high-fiving people. I'm like, that's awesome. But one thing, like, I've always known is this, like, like, I've never been the funny guy. Like, if you're laughing, you're probably laughing at me, okay? You know what I mean? Like, you're not laughing with me, okay? So I've never really, really been the funny guy in life, you know? Like, I, the world has told me something, too, that I am not, like, the super strong guy in life, okay? I was at the park uh, this week. Jess had something one night, and I took the boys to the park, and the Michael's playing basketball, and the other boys are playing on this, like, jungle gym thing, and, and, like, I walk over, and there's just this dude, and he's just, like, he's, like, a miniature little hulk, you know, he's, like, super tall, his hair is, like, perfect, he's got, like, perfect, like, sweatpants on, his muscles, like, he has a shirt on that, like, you know, are four times too small for him, you know what I mean, the muscles are just popping out, and then he walks up to his perfect wife, you know what I mean, and they're perfect together, because they work out at 5 a.m every single day, you know what I mean? And I realized, like, yo, like, I'm not, I'm not the strong dude in life, you know what I mean? Like, the world's definitely told me that I'm, I'm not, I'm not that person, you know what I mean? I'm definitely not the super rich dude, right? Because there's, like, super rich people in life. All right, this is, like, from Walmart. It's, like, $8, you know what I mean? Okay, that's what my budget is, okay, <laughs> You know, it's funny, me and Jess, like, just this week, we were, she was on Instagram, and she, like, showed me uh, some girl that she follows. She got, like, an early anniversary present, and it was this huge diamond ring, and I was, like, it was, like, like huge, you know what I mean? I'm, like, that's some money right there, you know what I mean? Like, that's some dollars, you know? And so, you know, in life, I've, you know, figured out I'm not, not really really the the rich dude you know like I figured out in life like you know life's told me that I'm not the guy that has like the super cool car okay so like this is a miniature 1970 Ford Cobra can I get it amen from somebody out there that would want this car because I want this car okay I want and I don't even want it, like, fully restored. I want it, like, kind of beat up. I want it to have some age. I want the handle to have a little wear in it. You know, I want to just, like, crank, like, roll, like, really roll down the window. Like, use my muscles, you know, to roll down the window, okay? But I'm not the cool, like, I'm not the cool car guy, you know? Life's definitely told me that. I'm definitely not this, okay? The Life's told me this, that I'm not the great leadership guy. Okay, I have leadership, but, but dang it, there's just some people in this life that are like, they're just amazing at leadership, and there's amazing at lists and tasks and organization and, and pulling everything perfectly together, and, and unfortunately, like, God just didn't 
wire me perfectly like that. And organization and like structure and, and lists and stuff like that. Like like when I when I, I have to do it, but when I'm doing it, like the other day I was sitting in this room and I was like paying the bills and I was like, why do I feel like this is death to me or like right now? You know what I mean? Like it's just like papers and I gotta take pictures and send it in. And so like, you know, like I, I'm probably not the perfect leadership guy. I'm not the best preacher guy, you know? Like, there's just people that are better, you know? There's just people that, they're funny when they speak. They have, like, perfect messages, you know? They have perfect series and, they have one-liners that everybody tweets and posts. I'm like not the one-liner guy, if you haven't realized that yet. They just don't magically pop in my head for some reason. And the reality is this, is truth be told, if we're just being 100% real today, the world tells me this is not what I am, right? Okay? But if I'm being 100% honest with everybody in this room, there's probably some things that, like, I would love maybe, like, a few days in my life to be the funny guy. You know what I mean? Like, if I could just have, like, a couple days where I was, like, that dude, you know what I mean, at a dinner party, and everybody's like, Pastor Jeff is so funny, you know what I mean? Like, I would, I would love that. But, it, but to be honest with you, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me, right? It's kind of low in the priorities of my life. Like, like I'm just going to be real with you. Like, you're not going to find me at the gym at 5 a.m. Can I get an amen from somebody? I'm, like, if you're that person, like, man, more power to you. You know what I mean? My bed is just way too soft and comfy and nice, okay? So, like, that's not going to happen. But, but if I'm being really, really, truly real, there are some things that bug me in this life. You know, like, put up that picture, seem furtive. You might know who this is. You might not know who this is. This is Stephen Furtick. He's a pastor of Elevation Church, okay? He's a great guy. I, I have all the respect in the world for Stephen Furtick. He's preaching the word of God, setting people free. Me and Jess have actually had the opportunity to spend some time with their staff and go behind the scenes. And, and I tell people this all the time, like, like, don't judge other churches. Like, no, nothing's perfect. We're not perfect, okay? Can we just get over that real quick? Like, there's not a perfect church. But, like, every week, I'm on Instagram, and I'm just like, dude, I, where do you come up with this stuff? You know what I mean? Like, like you're one-liners. I mean, like, like, do you have, like, like, do you, did, like, God give you, like, a special book of, like, here you go, Stephen. Here's the book of one-liners. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't have them. Like, where are, I'm like, God, where are they? And to be honest with you, like, if I'm just being real and I'm just being, like, 100, like, like, there's days that I just want to, like, I want to, I just want to, nuclear bomb social media. I just want to eliminate it off the, off the planet because there's a bunch of days that I look at like 
what people are posting, and they're posting, like, verdict. They're like, man, that quote was amazing. Craig Groeschel's quote was amazing. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is. And to be real, like, there's a place in me. I'm like, am I ever going to be that guy? It's identity, right? So we have, we have everything that the world tells us we're not, but then on the other side, we have everything that the world tells us we are, right? Like when you get your paycheck. Yep. It's the world telling you this is what we value as. This is what we think of you. We think you're worth X amount of dollars, right? For a lot of us in life, we're chasing more zeros. So we want to feel worthy, right? So the world tells you this, this is, is what you're worth, right? Okay? The world tells you, tells you this. Um, put up that next picture. This is me and Lukey. To my little one. He's four, and I love him. But you know what's interesting about social media? It's become like this hierarchy of what the world tells you you are. It's this grading system. And every time I post a picture, I go, 92 people told me that I was okay. Right? You ever done this before? You ever had a moment where you're like, oh, there's like 900-something people that follow me, and 92 people thought I was okay? Right? It's identity. So you quickly realize, like, the world's telling you, like, oh, like, you're just the white noise on social media. I don't know if you've ever been on Facebook. How many of you have been on Facebook, and you just, like, found yourself in one of those, like, death scrolls? You know what I mean? Where you're just like scrolling and scrolling, you're like, what am I doing right now? Like, 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 it's been like five hours, you know? Like, my children, you know, they're hungry, you know? The world tells me things like this, like, all right, next picture, okay? Like, I'm the dad bod guy, right? Can I get an amen for dad bod guys in the house, okay? Thank you, Drew. I appreciate that, Okay. So, so like, that's me, dad bod. That's, that's Michael. That's when Michael, oh, I loved him. He's just, he was just a little chunky. I loved when Michael was just a little chunky. He's dying a thousand deaths right now, okay? There's Benny with his binky back in the day. I love it, okay? Next picture. Listen, I'm the dad guy, bod guy because I love this. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I just, listen, if you ever want to come to church with a Cinnabon, not a cinnamon roll, okay? Let's, let's make this abundantly clear. A Cinnabon, okay? There's a huge difference. And there cannot, you can't get the Cinnabon from the truck stop, okay? I don't know if you know this, but the Cinnabons at the truck stop and the Cinnabon store, they're totally different Cinnabons, okay? okay? A Cinnabon from a Cinnabon store, like, man, that's just some joy to me. You know what I mean? You know, that's, that's just... That's the reality. So the world tells me I'm the, the dad bod guy. You know, the world tells me that I'm the, 
You know, right now I own a 2009 Honda Pilot that is paid off and it has like 260,000 miles on it. You know what I mean? So I'm the financially responsible car guy. You know what I mean? Hey, can I get an amen for that? You know what I mean? The world tells me things like this. I'm just a guy. Like, so I was at Walmart the other night, okay? And I found this, okay? This is Farmer Ken, okay? <laughs> Farmer Ken, okay? Listen, I know some guys that work hard, okay? Like, just go shake Josh Price's hand, okay? I mean, like, and just just look at his hand. It's just always dirty. I know he's a clean guy, you know what I mean? But his, but his hand's dirty because he's a hardworking dude. Like, dude, Ken's hands are not dirty, you know what I mean? He's got perfect hair. He's got perfect muscles, you know what I mean? And I, and I look at this, and I'm like, I'm not this guy. And the world has told me I'm not this guy. And the world told me that, like, I'm not the super popular guy. Like, I'm more like, I'm probably more like this guy. This is Mike from Stranger Things. You know what I mean? I don't know if any of you watch Stranger Things yet. Mike is just like, he's got no cool powers. He's got a girlfriend that has all the cool powers that, like, does all the cool things. Mike is just probably, like, just, he's just super emotional all the time. He cries all the time. I'm like, that's me. I'm, like, emotional all the time. I cry on stage all the time. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just this, and this is what the world tells me I am. Like, you're just Mike, you know what I mean? Thank God you have a great wife, you know, and amen. Thanks, Jess. Appreciate you. So what am I getting to? What I'm getting to is this. All of us, all of us. We're all sifting through all of this, right? No matter how old we are. We're trying to figure this out. Like, who am I? Like, what has God created me? What is, what is God saying? And, and if this isn't enough, we have the enemy on top saying, who do you think you are? Because that was the line. Did you catch that? in that passage when the Pharisees are talking to John and they say to John, who gave you the right? Who gave you the authority to baptize? What are they doing? They're questioning him. And the enemy is so good at this. He's so good at going, who do you think you are? Who gave you the right to believe that God loves you and he's for you. The enemy's so good at getting us to question like, hey, don't you know and understand that God sees every single one of your mistakes? How do you know that God really loves you? Who do you think you are? What right do you have to believe that God has removed all of your failure, all of your shame, all of your guilt. 
Because the reality is this. If we truly believed that we were set free from guilt and shame and condemnation, we would walk with such a confidence and we would walk into people's lives and we would walk into our job and we would walk into our families and we would know that God is for us. And if God is really for me, then what could be against me? But the reality is we don't believe it. Because the enemy works so hard to question who we are, the identity, the core of our being. He's saying, what right do you have to believe that God's not mad at you today? I don't know if any of you struggle with that, but there are days that I just, I feel like, man, God is just so disappointed in me. He's questioning us. What right do you have to believe that God will get you to the other side? See, and that's, can we just address the elephant inside of our souls? That the big thing going on in our souls is that we're carrying things that, that maybe have not been dealt with by the Lord yet. And we start questioning like, I know, I know what the word of God says about healing but you know what? He just hasn't done it in my life. And so we have to somehow justify it and reconcile it and figure it out to make it fit in the question system of our soul. And we're trying to understand, who am I? And how do I fit in God's kingdom? Greatest challenge of your life is this question, who are you? John's response was this in verse 26. John told him, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you don't recognize. The enemy is so good at fighting us to not recognize who is actually for us. You get that? I mean, do you really get that? Like the God. God, Jehovah, Jehovah God, the same yesterday, today, and forever, declares, I am for you, not against you. I am for you. That means I am for your job, I'm for your family, I'm for your children, I'm for your future, I'm for you in this season now that you are in. It's for you, no matter what season. And I truly believe this, and I say this all the time. If you're here and you're in the room and you have breath in your lungs, you're still on the planet because God has a purpose for you being on the planet. Amen? We have to recognize that there's someone for us. Now, we have to really get how the enemy works, though. See, Satan didn't come into the garden and just take possession. How many of you remember the story of Adam and Eve? They're in the garden. Satan comes in. He tempts them. You got to get this. Satan didn't come in, kick down the door, dirty Harry style, you know what I mean, and go, it's mine. No, he came in, and he wanted what? their dominion, their delegated authority, okay? Because dominion has power. When God gives 
dominion, he's releasing power. Listen, it's so funny. Me and Jess have been talking about this for a few weeks now. We have felt the enemy fighting against me and her in this church over the last few weeks. Why? Because God's given us dominion. God's given us territory. And with territory and dominion, God gives us power to do what he's called us to do. Amen? So he comes in, he wants dominion. Okay? Why? Because God's given Adam and Eve dominion over the planet. Okay? Now listen, the devil gets dominion by what? Suggesting, making a suggestion to them that God is holding back. And in this, the devil goes, you know what? I'm going to get you to do one thing. I just need you to do one thing. I need you to agree with me an opposite of God. Does that make sense? Okay. So the moment, (laughs) I love this. The moment that Adam and Eve chose to say, we choose to believe the lie that the enemy is telling us over the voice of our father was the moment that the devil took dominion. Get it? It's the same thing that happens in our lives on a daily basis. The moment you choose to believe a lie about your life, about your identity, about who God has made you, is the moment that you give authority to who? Satan. To reign and have dominion over your life. It's the power of agreement. The word of God talks about the power of agreement. The word says where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus, he is there. The word says where two or three agree on anything, it shall be done unto them. There's a power in agreement. That's why when I go to the hospital and I go to pray for somebody at a hospital, the first thing I ask them is I say, what are you believing for? What are you believing for? Remember, I walked into a hospital uh, one day, and the family met me outside the hospital room. They said, you know, dad is really close to death, and, and we just, we're believing that, that God is a good God, and he heals and restores, and, and we're believing for his healing. I said, okay, great. Walked into the room. I said, sir, what are you believing for? He said, I've lived a really great life, and I know Jesus, and I want to go see him today. <laughs> I said, Okay. That's exactly what I'm going to pray for you. I prayed with him. 20 minutes later, he went to heaven. Why? It's the power of agreement. I can choose to put my agreement with anything in this life. The enemy is fighting us so hard to have a lack of understanding of who we are, that that we are not enough. And the moment that I agree with him and go, I am not enough, it's the moment that he has a dominion over my life. It's the moment that he takes authority over my life. Matthew chapter 6, 33. Worship team, you guys can come on up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this. So above all else, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all things that are less important will be given to you in abundance. Oh, I love here, let's read it again. So above all else, consistently chase after the realm of God's kingdom. 
What is Jesus saying to us about our identity in this passage? He's telling us, he's giving us a key to victory, okay? He's telling us, listen, when you chase after me in my kingdom, in my presence, I'll remind you who you are, right? It happened this morning, correct? The presence of God was here. And in the presence of God, we're reminded, oh, I'm a son, and you are well pleased with me, and you're for me, and your love satisfies my soul. And all these things that are around me, the issues with my job and stuff going on in my house and, you know, all these things in my marriage and all these, you know, things that I'm constantly dealing with and taking care of and all these things that I'm fighting through on a daily basis about my identity and who I am. In the presence of God, all this, it's just like, who cares? Who cares? He reminds you he loves you. It works like this. You come into the presence of God. I come in with, like, Mike. You know what I mean? I'm, like, insecure, timid, questioning myself. You know? I, I come in to the presence of God like Mike. I leave like this. Amen. Amen. That's what the presence of God does. It's beautiful. I come into the presence of God with all of my fear and I leave with perfect peace. Amen. All you need is one word from the Lord. I come in to the presence of God with all of my failures. And I leave with what? His grace that abounds. Amen. His forgiveness, His grace. I come in to the presence of God with broken identity about who I am. I'll never forget the first year of the church was probably the hardest year of my life. Every Sunday I would leave and I would think, am I really enough? Man, that was tough. grateful, but there was like 24 people in the room. And you're asking yourself, like, am I enough? And you come in with your broken identity. And you walk out and you go, my dad thinks I'm enough. 
As long as he thinks I'm enough, I'm enough. It doesn't matter what everybody else says. I wrote this down. This is a Craig Rochelle quote, but I thought it was a... Being obsessed with what others think about you is the fastest way to forget what God thinks about you. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.